Hey, veterans. Welcome to the VA Claims Insider Podcast. We are veterans helping veterans get the VA disability rating and compensation you deserve. I'm your host, Air Force Service Disabled Veteran Brian Reese, and each week we share VA disability claim tips, tricks, strategies, and lessons learned to help you win, service connect, and get rated at the appropriate level, even if you've already filed or been denied. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. And here we are. Hello, insiders. How's everybody doing today? Welcome to uh, our, our live feed here on Facebook. Um, with me today, I've got Coach Dale Mattingly, and we are going to do a little deep dive on VA myth busting. So as you're coming in, uh, if you would, go ahead and sound off. Uh, let us know uh, who you are, where you served, and uh, when you served. Dale, you want to introduce yourself and let, let everybody know who you are? Yeah, good morning. Uh, 10, uh, excuse me, 9 a.m. Pacific time here. Happy to be here. I am Dale Mattingly. I'm a veteran coach here at VA Claims Insider. I'm a U.S. Marine Corps veteran, 100% permanent, totally disabled, and I'm here at your service. All right. And for those that, uh, that uh, don't know me, my name is Stacy Allen. I, I'm a U.S. Army veteran. Uh, also 100% PNT, uh, go for vet. So thanks everybody for coming today. And again, go ahead and, and drop your comments in. Let us know uh, where you're calling in from. And we will uh, get started here on our, on our topic today, uh, myth busting. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Larry, so, uh, welcome. Welcome, Joshua, Josh Rogers, welcome, Army. Ooh, uh. Frank Britt, welcome, Air Force. Rob Nichols, what's Rockstar up? Rob. What's Rockstar up? Rob. Larry Hauser, 81 to 04. What branch, Larry? Awesome. Kevin Sanders, Army vet. Kevin, I think we caught you this morning on the uh, coffee with the coaches. Nice, nice job there. Thanks for your service, everybody. Thanks for being here. Cool. So we got Kevin McGuire posting up here from the Navy, anchors away. So while everybody's getting getting situated here, uh, why this topic? Why the myth busting topic? Um, well, frankly, there's there's a lot of information out there that that people think is true, but it's not. Okay, or or things that that are true, but they think it's not. So we're gonna we're gonna touch on a few topics today and uh, and kind of dispel some of those myths. Yeah, absolutely, Stacey, you're right on. And, and you know, a lot of times, uh, one of the most popular questions that we hear about, and you may agree with this, is, uh, you know, topic number one is, if you have a mental health rating, is that going to put your uh, gun ownership and Second Amendment rights at risk? And, and that answer is unequivocally no, uh, in most cases. Uh, you know, Stacey, maybe you can share on this. I have a lot of, uh, I have a short period of time in law enforcement. Uh, when I was younger, you have more recent experience with that. Um, and, you know, owning a weapon, you know, and, and, and as a civilian and also um, being in law enforcement, 
you know, really the only way that you're going to have restrictions is if you're a harm to yourself or others. Isn't that right, Stacey? That is absolutely right. So, so there are, you know, there are some situations if, if the court has found someone incompetent, and usually that that involves, you know, court orders. Uh, that that in and of itself may put your uh, Second Amendment rights, you know, in jeopardy. But not not gun ownership itself, simply because you have a mental health rating or a mental health diagnosis, as far as that goes. All right, so. Um, but that is one of the things that we hear a lot. You know, I, I don't want to file. I know I've got some mental health issues, but I'm not going to file for it. The government doesn't need to know that because I don't want them to take my guns away. Um, so I, I'll tell you, I'm I'm 70 percent rated for PTSD. Same here. Um, I have uh, I have guns all over my house. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? And, and, and I have a concealed carry permit. Uh, and we're going to get into a, to another myth here in just a little bit that I'll, I'll expand on that a little bit. But absolutely, it will not affect your your right to, uh, to own your own your own, own your weapons. Yeah, that definitely shouldn't prevent you from from pursuing a mental health claim for disability. I have a seventy percent rating as well. I have a plethora of things wrapped into that uh, mental health uh, diagnosis, uh, which your coach will get into with you when you sign up as an elite member with the with the company. Uh, but uh, no, and I have lots of weapons. I'll just leave it at that. So, uh, <laughs> um, and and so yeah, to your point, that that definitely hasn't put uh, my rights or your rights in jeopardy, and we're at seventy percent. So. Yeah, and, and you know, I think for for a lot of veterans, you know, a lot of veterans like their weapons, like their guns, right? So uh, that is a big deal to a lot of us. So absolutely. Um, so if you have any questions on that topic, uh, feel free to throw them up there. Um, we'll, we'll try to answer any specifics that come up uh, as we're going through this. Don't feel that you need to hold your questions till the end. I'd like to make this is a, as informal uh, you know, as possible, more of a conversation. So if you have some questions, go ahead and toss them over there in the chat and we will try to get to them. Uh, thank you everybody for being here. We have got a lot of people in the yeah. in the chat already if you haven't sounded off yet go ahead and go ahead and jump yourself in there and let us know where you're at and uh branch that you served years that you served love to hear from you awesome yeah so we we got started here with uh with topic number one stacy you know mental health rating and gun ownership uh great topic hopefully we answered some of those questions and and sort of assuage some of those concerns related to that topic um you know, and, and then you also take a look at maybe uh, topic number two. And of course, you know, with topic number two, you know, if you're working uh, with a mental health rating that you can't work in law enforcement, and, and that's just not true. You want to talk about that a little bit, Stacy? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Dale and I were, were just uh, talking right before we went live here, and, and I learned a little bit about uh, Dale. He actually worked in law enforcement in his younger years and I think he's still in his younger years compared to me, right? Mm -hmm. But, <laughs> um, but, but I too uh, worked in law law enforcement twenty six years, uh, federal law enforcement, and I retired a few years ago. And I did have uh, a PTSD rating during that during my time uh, in my employment there. It is it has absolutely no bearing um, on 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 working in law enforcement. Uh, think about this. Uh, I, I would say a very high percentage of our law enforcement community across uh, the U.S., you know, local, regional, county, state, uh, federal, are former military, right? 
Yeah, they that's are, right. They are. And, and, and a lot of former military have, have some mental health issues. There's no doubt about that. Um, so if you think that a mental health diagnosis or a mental health rating will affect your, your um, employment in law enforcement, you're just mistaken. It absolutely will not. So, yeah. And, and, you know, according to the U S census data, there's about, about 20% of law enforcement are veterans. I would have thought that number was a little higher, Stacy, but, uh, you know, uh, Lots of people get out. I have, I have a couple of friends, uh, or former friends. I haven't talked to them a heck of a long time, but a couple of people that work for LAPD and other metropolitan police departments around the country, uh, sheriff departments. Uh, so they vary. A lot of those people in ratings, some of mental health ratings between 30 and 70%. Uh, I don't know uh, too many veterans that have 100% uh, mental health rating that work in the field, but I, but I know of a couple. And, you know, as long as you can, uh, you know, meet your employer standards, uh, typically that's, that's not an issue either. And also seeking treatment, right, Stacy? Yeah, that's absolutely right. Absolutely right, Dale. Yeah. Um, so before we, before we move on, I want to take just a second and, and recognize someone that works in the background here, uh, every Wednesday, every time we go live, uh, Eric, the bearded vet, he is, uh, man, he is just awesome. So Eric, thank you for, for doing what you're doing. So, for those of you that don't know, he's working in the background in the studio here, making sure that that things are running smooth and, and things are on time and and that your questions are getting popped up. Anytime you see these little pop ups, uh, that's that's Eric in the background, making sure things are moving. So so thank you, brother. I appreciate what you do. Yeah, thank you, Eric. He makes it look easy. All right, Joe, Joe, how you doing, brother? So, yeah. Um, Joe went from zero to 70 Vietnam vet, man. This guy's he, awesome. <laughs> I love, I love Joe, man. He's, he's on all of our calls. Uh, so we do, you know, in the elite program, we have classes, uh, every day and we have a, we have a morning call that we do coffee with the coaches and Joe is there and, and elbows deep in everything that they were doing. He took control of his claim and, and man, he went zero to 70, like, like a rocket. So congrats on that, Joe. Appreciate you being here. Yeah, absolutely. I also want to recognize Ricky Dowdy for the same reasons. Uh, ooh, rah, Ricky, U.S. Marine Corps veteran, 92 to 96. Uh, basically on the uh, chat there. Welcome, sir. Uh, always good to see you here. All right. So um, saw a question to see. If you're denied PTSD, can you open another claim using the same info and more info? Okay. So that's a great question, Deborah. Thank you for that. So yeah, you what you would do actually is depending on, on where your claim is, if it was denied, um, you can do what's called a supplemental claim by simply adding new and relevant information. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. New and relevant information. If you're, if you're denied a condition, one of the, one of the things that you need to have in order to reopen that claim that you were previously denied for, like Stacy alluded to, is you have to have new and relevant information. Uh, it used to be new and material. So they lowered the standard a little bit there, but typically if you get with your coach when you sign up with our service and, and start, if you haven't started working on building medical evidence or, or looking at independent medical opinions, you can do that. And those things would be considered new evidence. And how do they sign up, Dale? Um, yeah, so we're gonna go, uh, there should be a link posted here today, but you can go to vaclaimsinsiderelite.com. Again, that's vaclaimsinsiderelite.com. And you're going to get a response very quickly. 
Yeah. And, and so what, what that elite program does, um, you'll be assigned a coach like uh, Dale or myself, and, and we'll just take you hand, you know, by the hand and, and walk you through the process. Um, you're not going to be out there flopping around on your own. Um, I know this is overwhelming for a lot of people to, to get into this business and start working on, on the claim process. But I'll tell you, uh, VA Claims Insider has this down to a science. We have a process in place and and uh, and it works. Uh, I, I am a former client uh, before I became a coach and, and through the process, uh, um, you know, VA Claims Insider helped me get to 100 percent PNT. So I can I can firsthand knowledge that the process works. Okay. Yeah, I got I got to 100 percent just before joining up here, Stacy. Um, I, I sort of ran into a few people and we talked and sort of wanted to bring some of my struggles and some of my wisdom to the table. I, I personally got denied six times on the way to 100 uh, percent. You know, you, you just got to be persistent in the process, trust the process. Uh, the company has a very high success rate. Uh, and the reason for that is, you know, we focus on education and we focus on teaching you what you need to be to do to be successful in the process. That's right. So so in the chat and up on the screen there is is the sign up link VAClaimsInsider.com forward slash elite hyphen membership. Thank you, Eric. All right. So let's jump on to uh, myth topic number three. If you're working with your mental health rating, you must tell your employer. What do you think about that, Dale? Yeah, you, you don't have to tell your employer. Now, it's no secret. I, my employer knows I'm a disabled vet. <laughs> I mean, we all are basically. Not all of us. Some of us are not. But uh, we, we talk about that, and that's um, pretty much common knowledge. But if you're working with your private sector employer, government employer, you're under no obligation uh, to disclose any of your disabilities or limitations. Uh, one, one, uh, one point you may want to do, though, is if you're seeking an accommodation uh, you know, for your position, you may want to discuss that privately with your employer if you need an accommodation. Like, I get migraines really bad. I brought that up when I first started at the company. Sometimes I'm wearing sunglasses uh, during the day, sitting in my office. So uh, from time to time, I got to take a break and I just let my boss know about that. So uh, your case might be different. Right. So so mental health, just like any medical um, condition, is protected by HIPAA, right? Health Insurance Privacy and Portability Act, I believe is what that means or stands for, Some something close to that. But it really involves about you know protecting your your health information. You're uh, like like Dale said, you're under no obligation to share that with your employer. Right. Okay. Well, especially with mental health. You know, I alluded yeah. to some migraine issues, but also with mental health. If you need some accommodations, if you need some breaks, you know, you're you're protected under the Americans with Disabilities Act. So there's a lot of federal protections in place for you uh, related to this issue for sure. Bill, I see your post, brother. 30% to 100%. That's amazing. Congratulations nice. on that. Nice. That's absolutely. I'll never forget the day I got there. I've been fighting for 20 years and I about fell over in my chair. It's was, it was a great day. Congratulations, Bill. Yeah, that's an awesome feeling. So, hey, so I told you I was a client here, but I was actually a client while I was still a coach. When I found out I was 100%, I was actually on the phone with a client. And I'm walking them through um, VA.gov and how to how to get to their percentage. So I have I have another screen over here, over here. I have another screen over here. So I've got my my thing up, and I'm walking them through. Okay, now you go to this. Now you go to that. And I pulled mine up, and it said 100. 
And I was like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Funny story though, Stacy. I actually got my letter the day I started here last year. It was the same day I started here. That's amazing. So, um, you know, of course, my effective date went back a little bit further, but that sort of coincided with that. So I thought, man, this, this is uh, uh, really timely. <laughs> That's good stuff. Yeah. Kevin Myers, how can I get help? Again, VA Claims Insider Elite. Dot com sign up Absolutely. one of us there you go there's the link just click on that link and we will get you started today okay you'll be assigned a coach today we'll reach out to you and we'll get you moving forward in this process absolutely absolutely okay so i'm seeing a lot of questions over there in chat um i'd like to take a pause on our on our topics for a minute and see if we can't get to some of those questions dale you want to hit eric. This one? yeah eric eric reed welcome welcome um, so applied for PTSD, was denied, but was granted non-service connected depression. How can I get that converted to uh, service connection? So Eric, you know, there's, there's 31 rateable uh, mental health conditions. Okay. And if you're rated for depression, uh, PTSD, basically I got rated for depression too. Uh, you know, I have PTSD and other conditions wrapped in and due to pyramiding, you can only be compensated for one mental health, uh, condition but you can have, you know, individual um, diagnoses, if that makes sense. So they all pay the same and they all have the same symptoms on the rating schedule, 38 CFR 4.130, which your coach will talk about. So um, glad you were granted depression. Uh, if you want to get your, your PTSD, uh, you know, wrapped in there with your mental health rating, just continue to seek treatment um, at the VA or outside the VA. So I, I, I want to just touch a little bit more on, on Eric's question because I think I read something a little bit different. Um, so you applied for PTSD. It was denied, but you said you were granted non-service connected depression. So what I'm what I'm oh, okay. pulling out of that is that you actually got a diagnosis of depression, but they found it non-service connected. So okay, I must have misread that. Much. Yeah, no, that's that's fine. That's why I just wanted to reach back to this. So. Uh, I want to just make a general statement here on on service connection. So there's actually three things, three things that you have to prove in order to get a service connection. And that's not just for mental health, but for any condition. OK, you have to have a uh, an in-service event, okay, in-service condition, either seen or treated for it or something happened to you uh, while you were on active duty. You have to have a current diagnosis, usually within the last 12 months or so. And you have to have a nexus. You have to have, a, and a nexus simply is a doctor's opinion or a medical professional's opinion saying that your current diagnosis was at least as likely as not caused by that in-service event that happened. Okay. Yeah. So if any of those three things are missing, you're going to get non-service connected. It's not going to happen. Okay. So you have to hit all three. And that's where that's what we do as coaches. We make sure that you're that you're in the best position uh, with all three of those things uh, in your claim packet to make sure that you you know you have the best chance at winning your claim. Yeah, that's a great point, Stacy. And uh, I just want to circle back to Eric's uh, question or comment as well. Um, you know, and and that would be a different answer based on interpreting the question properly. But you know, when you get with your coach, you're going to have to, like I said, you know, establish all three of those elements. And typically it's a nexus issue, right, Stacy? Um, you know, you're going to probably need to look at an independent medical opinion or a nexus letter 
to uh, to bolster your claim, you know, to establish all three of those. Right. Yeah, that's you're exactly right. That's that's where most veterans fall down is that nexus. I mean, you know, we, we hear it every day. Well, well, the VA diagnosed me with sleep apnea. You know, why can't I get that service connected? Well, there's a couple other things that that you have to show. You have to show that in service event or connection and, and, and that nexus. Right? That's a great point. Yeah. I mean, PTA, excuse me, um, OSA, obstructive sleep apnea is the most denied condition, uh, you know, in the VA. And you can talk to your coach individually about that. Uh, but yeah, nexuses are, are most most commonly, you know, the issue that's missing. Ron, I see your I see your uh, your post over there. Um, got 70 percent in two months. Congratulations. And um in five days, you've got a hundred percent PNT. That is amazing. Wow. That is amazing, brother. Congratulations on that. Wow, Ron D, man. Taking them to the woodshed. Nice work. Okay, Norman, how does an increase work? So an increase, if, if you're already service connected for a condition and you feel that it's a low ball rating, um, you simply apply for an increase. Now, depending on what that condition is, uh, is probably going to determine the evidence that you need. Uh, to support that increase okay and that may be an independent medical opinion it may be as simple as a, a statement from you a statement in support of claim okay to say hey you know my knee hurts more than it did you know 20 years ago i'd like to be reevaluated and that might be all you need uh, to apply for that increase but uh, i would get with your coach and um you know uh, put your best strategy forward on, on cases like that Right. All right. Um, take a so, look at, I'm sorry. So real, real quick, Dale, before you go on to another question. So uh, we got up here, uh, vaciFree30.com. If you go to that, if you go to that website and you are not a member of VACI already, we will set you up with a free 30-minute strategy session with one of us, one of our coaches, and we'll go through, we'll go through your story and and give you some ideas of best steps forward okay so there's no obligation go ahead and go over to that website fill in your information you'll drop on a, a caseload of one of our coaches we'll get with you and and uh give you some good ideas to move forward with your claim thank you for that eric absolutely yeah i just want to jump over and uh, welcome roman herrera here, um, Semper Fi, uh, met you this morning at coffee with the coaches. I see it says I have 30% for anxiety, had surgery, stopped taking my ven venlafaxine for the surgery. Sorry if I mispronounced that. My VA primary care physician has noticed that I had not ordered and stopped medication. Medication was really bad for me and I've been taking it for years. Having appointment, um, will it reflect bad that I stopped taking the medication and should I have the prescription reactivated? You know, I mainly wanted to touch on your question, Roman, for one reason, and that is um, typically the average rating for mental health is 70 percent. And if your symptoms have worsened, uh, I'm, we're not doctors, we're not um, claims agents. But what I can tell you is we know statistics. And if your symptoms are worse, 30 percent is a very low mental health rating. Typically, as you look at it, I see a lot of people and talk to a lot of veterans. Uh, so if those symptoms are worse, get with your coach and look at the rating schedule. And, and if, it, if, you, if they worsen, then you should file a claim for an increase. Okay. So I wanted to address you there, Roman. Welcome. Thanks for being here. So in, in, in a general statement on medication, and I'm not a doctor either, but 
everybody needs to understand that the that the VBA, the Vene the the Veterans Benefits Administration, and the VHA, the Vene uh, the Veterans Health Administration, are really two separate entities under one umbrella of the VA. When it comes to treatment for your mental health or for any condition, uh, that's separate from from compensation, and and that should always come first. Okay, your treatment should always come first. Your health means more than a couple dollars, right? So um, just keep that in mind. Um, take the medication if that's what your doctor recommends, if that's, if that's working for you. And understand this, that if the medication dulls your symptoms or helps you through uh, whatever you're going through, it's not a cure, okay? That does not necessarily mean that your symptoms have gotten better. You're just dealing with them better. Right. So uh, just because you're taking medication, your symptoms feel like they're getting better doesn't mean that they are. OK, so for rating purposes, your symptoms, you know, may still be up here when the medication makes it feel like they're here. So keep that in mind. Great point. Great point. And Derek, uh, one more here. Derek, uh, what's the most common service connected disability I can connect migraines to Derek, you know, I can talk about my own case and other cases I see, and maybe Stacy could speak to this, but typically what I see is uh, tinnitus and mental health. Um, you know, tinnitus can often cause or make worse migraines, so can mental health, but uh, talk to your provider about that. Uh, but that's a common uh, secondary to those conditions. All right. So we'll hit one more here before we go on to our next uh, uh, point on, on the myth. So Sheila's asking, is it true if you're 55, then once you get 100%, it will be PNT, or what do you have to do to get PNT? So uh, that that's actually another myth that we can just dispel right. right now. So 55 is not a magic number. Okay, the VA does take into consideration your age uh, as as one of the things that they consider when uh, awarding permanent and total status. Okay, Absolutely. 55 does seem to be a number um, that that may take you over that line of PNT, but it's not a hard and fast rule. Okay, so there's other things that that's involved. Uh, what conditions you're service connected for, how yep. long you've been uh, diagnosed with that condition, and so on and so on and so on. There's a lot of things that's involved in that PNT. Now, as far as how do you get PNT if you're not, you can always uh, talk to your doctor or, or talk to your coach. We can refer you to the med team that can review your case and and if it's appropriate write you a letter recommending pnt and you can use that to to uh send into the va and request that status yeah that's that's a great point um you know i'm 47 years old i got i got it at 46 uh you know it age is has some it's a guideline basically like stacy said but it really depends on whether your disabilities are static which is what you can look at your ratings code sheet, get with your coach on that. And that's how you generally can tell if they're not gonna improve or get better. All right, great. So, okay, let's go on to the next one here. Myth, All right. myth number four, if you're rated at 100%, you can't work. Busted, yeah. myth is busted. Okay, so there is a program called TDIU or Total Disability Individual Unemployability. And that's where this myth generates from. So what that program is, if you meet certain criteria, and usually that means you're, you're rated somewhere between 60 and, and 90% um, at, at, 
60% on one condition or a combination of two or more at 70. Um, you could uh, apply for that program, TDIU program. That doesn't change you to 100%. You, you still maintain that 60, 70, 80, or 90%, but you could get paid uh, at the 100% level. Now, with in that program, there are work restrictions. There's income uh, restrictions. Um, we typically do not recommend that program for our clients if we see a pathway uh, to a scheduler 100% for you. That's typically what we try to uh, guide our clients to because if you get the 100% scheduler, there's no restrictions right. and it typically comes with a lot of other benefits that's not available to those in the TDIU program. Yeah, Stacy, that's a great point. I mean, a lot of a lot of clients or, or several clients that I've worked with have pursued TDIU and been granted, but then you can still continue to work on that scheduler rating of 100%. So you're compensated at the 100% level and you can continue working with your coach uh, in, in getting that 100% scheduler rating. Uh, the TDIU program is kind of like Social Security disability for veterans in that it's not the same, it's different, but you do have uh, poverty level uh, restrictions on what you can earn unless you have um, a protected job, which is a whole nother conversation, but but that is a myth. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, let's hit a few more questions here. All right. So, so Roman, do you have to be 100%? I have 70%. However, it does not say PNT. Um, Roman, can you clarify that a little bit? I, uh, you don't have to be 100%. You have, you can, you can apply. For, you can get TDIU uh, if you're at 70% uh, for one condition, but then you would need another service-connected disability as well. Um, you'd have to have more than one. And then, if if you're asking Roman, if you're asking for permanent and total, um, so 70, you have to have 100% to get permanent and total. That's right. that's the T part of permanent and total. Total means 100, right? So that's why, if that's what you're asking, um, that's why you're not PNT. You have to have 100. Yeah, you can only be totally disabled once you're 100%. All right. What else do we have over here? Sheila got 70%. Congratulations on that, Sheila. Yes. So Brandon, let's see here. Dennis Vincent, my tinnitus is the worst. I can hear it in my sleep. Tell me about it, man. My Everybody's is different. Mine sounds like a tuning fork. Like I'm a drummer, right? And it just sounds like somebody took one of those triangles and was going ding, 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 ding. You know, mm. so in some people it's hissing and some people it's buzzing but talk to your uh, provider about how it sounds and the nature of it. So a lot of people, um, you know, tinnitus, if it's service connected, um, it's a 10% rating. There's no 0%, there's no 20%. It's 10% if you're connected, period. Um, and it doesn't sound like a lot, but really it's a strong baseline for a lot of other conditions that may be secondary, okay? Uh, more high value claims. So. So don't discount a tinnitus claim. Uh, a lot of people suffer from it. So if you're if you're suffering from it, you should absolutely uh, get that connected. Yeah, I've had several clients, Stacy, go from ten to seventy-three or ten to seventy with a mental health rating. It can drive you nut. It can drive you crazy. Yeah, uh, it causes a lot of problems. Yeah. All right, Brandon, I'm at ninety percent and keep getting denied other issues. They just denied me temporary 100% after my third knee surgery. What am I doing wrong? 
I don't know that you're doing anything wrong, Brandon. Uh, here's, here's the hard and fast truth of it. The VA don't always get it right. Mm -hmm. The VA don't always get it right. So my recommendation to you is if you're not an elite member already, jump on board, let a, let a coach review your files and see yeah. what we can do to do a deep dive into your case and, and get you over that hump. Yeah, Brandon. I mean, uh, the key is persistence. Get with a coach, get with, get with a trusted advisor here uh, and they'll take a look at your situation. They'll do the VA math and find out if you're at 85% or 94%, which is a big difference, right? Yeah. So yeah, we, they can take a look at that for you. So uh, on a decision letter I received, there was a note stating I would no longer be evaluated for the condition since permanence. Uh, had been established. Does this mean I'm permanent? What are the criteria for P&T? So um, to answer the final part of your question there, the criteria for P&T is what we discussed a little bit earlier, is if, if you ask for a copy of your rating code sheet and you're, all your disabilities are static and they're not going to improve, that is the most important thing. There's other guidelines like your age, uh, but typically that's the most important thing that they look at. If you have something in there that might improve a condition that might improve, they, they often do this uh, with, with TBI injuries. I don't know why they think they're going to improve, but the VA seems to think that's the case. Uh, but that's the most important thing. Absolutely. And, uh, and on that too, James. Um, so it sounds like you, you do have one, at least one condition that's been deemed static, like, like Dale was mentioning there. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're total, 